You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. Theodore Roosevelt once said, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. This is the No Doubt About It podcast. No Doubt About It. From current events to entertainment, from family to news, from politics to technology, if it's happening in the world, we're talking about it. They're loud and sarcastic. Welcome to your new home. There is no doubt about it. This is the No Doubt About It podcast. And now your hosts, sarcasm is their love language, Christy and Mark Ronchetti. Okay, so... uh <laughs> Special edition today, everybody. I know we had a, a different interview planned for today, also with Jay, but uh, we will get to that later. We, we decided we really need to hop on this topic right now, this border issue uh, with Title 42 coming to an end. Yep. Obviously, a lot of news headlines going on. So uh, we thank our guest today for coming. We have Darren White, who is the former Bernalillo County Sheriff. Um, and you have very, a lot of knowledge on this because you're also the former DPS secretary under Governor <laughs> Gary Johnson. So thank you. You obviously know a lot about that. And then Jay McCluskey, which we know personally, but he is also a political consultant and has been a major part of our campaign on this border issue, along with a lot of other issues with the border. So thanks, Jay, for showing up. Thank you. And our translator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, and you'll see, you'll see. He, uh, he, he very, was, he was critical. He very handy. Yeah. yeah he very, very true. Handy. So let's just kind of jump right to this. Uh, it's no, it's, it's everybody knows by now that title 42 has expired um, and we know that these crossings have been an issue for a long time, but obviously now we're really preparing, especially as a border state here in New Mexico, this is going to become a bigger issue than before. But what we're really concerned about here is a lack of real transparency in the media covering this particular topic. So obviously, I, I just want to pull up really quickly today's headline in the Washington Post. Let's just talk about that for a second. Yeah. Ella, do you mind pulling the... the yeah, the she's got it. Here okay. it is. Yep. So if you look at this, uh, if you look at this headline, it says, at the border, a reset but no surge. Okay? <laughs> well, and then you just scroll down to the red part, right? In the same article, it says, unlawful crossings top 10,000 per day this week, the highest levels ever. We know yeah. now that there's been 83,000 encounters at the border this week alone. So... Obviously, mixed messages out there in the media, even in their own article, they're mixed messages. So you three uh, chuckleheads, that's what I'm going to call you guys now. <laughs> yeah. You guys decided, well, we're not going to get this story straight unless we go on and see it for ourselves. Right, so. right. And Jay and I started talking about this early in the week. And, and we kind of started to feel like, you know, something was coming here. And, and I think part of what ends up happening in these stories, and we, we weren't sure because we hadn't been down there, was that you hear one version of events and then what's really going on. And, and so we wanted to go down and figure out, you know, how things were shaking out and go down there and, and get a feel for the story. So eventually we decided that early on, what was it, Friday, we would start to, you know, pack up and, and head down to El Paso. You guys down there Thursday. Oh, did we? And oh, my yeah, I guess so. gentlemen, yeah, is oh, that you're you right. guys were just going to El Paso. Well, right. Mark, to my well, mind, I told you the full story. Oh, well, okay. I wasn't, you know. Okay, so why, go ahead. Why do you tell everybody? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold oh, on a second. Oh. Wait, we went to Mexico, and who was the one yeah. that said, I got it. Let's go to Mexico. Oh, yeah. Jay. Yeah. Jay. You got to get the real story. You got to yeah. get the real story. Well, we know this, and we've been to the border ourselves uh, several times during the campaign just so we could kind of get a real look at that. But this is now a little different, I mean, obviously. So 
Tell us about Well, I think first of all, yeah. we roll into El Paso and I think we were all shocked as we rolled in. We're like, there's nothing happening right now. Right. But what, five o'clock in the afternoon? In some of the real touch points where, where the migrants were, were gathering. Sacred Heart nobody, Church. There was nobody there. Which right. well, the entire week had been consumed with all the reporters walking up to the literally what looked like hundreds of migrants who had set up little mini camps around Sacred Heart Church. They were gone. Yeah. And I think you look at, and what became clear as we're spending time down there, it's showing in the article, is that the Biden administration objective is really to manage the optics. So you have the numbers in there, but they're real careful. They don't want crowds. They don't want people surging the border. They cleared out that, you know, the shelters and, and everything is about optics. Cause they just, when you have the number in there, does that make an impact on people? I mean, it's interesting. You got $10,000, 10,000 people a day, but it's this crisis has been going on since Joe Biden took office. And that's yeah. the part that I think gets missed. The last year of the Trump administration, less than half a million across the border. Since Joe Biden's taken over, it's been six, about six million. Six million. Yeah. Yeah. It's three times the population in yeah. New Mexico. And it has a real that's a real clear starting point. And the reason is is because he changed, and we'll get into this, got rid of the remain in Mexico policy. Right. And it allows uh, migrants to come claim asylum. And many of those they're frivolous claims. And I mean that legally, like these people have legitimate reasons for wanting to better their lives, obviously. But if they claim asylum, they get paroled into the United States and released. And until- we were, and one of the things that we did, there was a, a an El Paso police officer. He was on perimeter security for Sacred Heart Church. And he told me, I said, where'd everybody go? And he said, a couple of days ago, Border Patrol came in and started just handing out paperwork and they were released. He said, I don't really know what it was, but they, they didn't want, and according to what he was told, they wanted it cleared out. Just in case, in if forty two uh, saw a surge, then they would have capacity and it wouldn't look bad. I mean, right from an officer who was doing security. And you at say Sacred release, Heart. Darren. Clarify for everybody that's listening. The way he said it is, they were handing out paperwork, which was probably that promise to appear right. wherever that is in a certain amount of time, uh, but basically just let go. Into the U.S. Yes. And and so then it becomes our mission to figure out where, you know, what's going to play out here. So anytime you're going down there to cover a story like this, you're trying to get to a point where at least you're going to see, you know, where is the conflict point? Where's the choke point where people could come in? And so a further part of, of Darren's conversation ended up leading us to, you know, where we'll kind of start this story. But it was Gate 42 just outside of El Paso. And what's interesting is we got there, too. And you just kind of sit there and you see there's a bunch of media gathered there. And and it's one of those things that if you've been a reporter enough or you've been around enough news stories, you know you don't have the story. You may not know what the story is yet, but you know you don't have it. And we were standing there knowing, I think, that we didn't have it. Right. And I was one of my clients is Congressman Tony Gonzalez, who's been a leader on that. He has that area of the border that it's um that comes to El Paso. And I was with on a tour with him with with the Border Patrol. Where gate 42 is, and it's confusing for people. And here's why this story, you have to understand there's a border, the border wall is there, but that border wall is not on the border. It's actually, you have the border wall. Then you have, you know, I don't know, 30 or 40 yards of land, which is American soil. Then you have the border on the river. So like when, what they're looking at from that perspective, what you'll see in the video 
is you're looking at the wall, but that's not the border. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff happening on the border that you cannot see based on that. And that's why we got yeah. to Mexico because you can see it from the other side. Yeah. So that ended up being our, our big question was, you know, you're standing around and we see this and the media is all there and they're fine. They're like, oh, yeah, we're good. We're just doing our live shots and we're standing around like. And so that's when Jay kind of says, well, maybe we should take the pedestrian bridge over to Mexico. <sighs> Or maybe they were on the other side because they were smarter than we were. And said, That's, I'm not going. I'm over not there. going over there. So what we did in this episode, and what we'll do here is we kind of took you along for the ride over a 24 hour period on on what this was. Now I will say, given some of the challenges with cell signal and and audio and things like that, there are times when the audio gets a little wonky here. But we'll just kind of set the stage for you, and then at various times during this walk through the through that 24 hour period from late Thursday to the midday Friday, we'll kind of stop and kind of set the scene for you and let you know, give you some color surrounding some of the scenes of what you're about to And explain really quickly for those people who just maybe don't know or weren't caught up on this. Why Thursday? Why were you guys down there on Thursday? Why was that such an important deadline? Well, on Thursday, Title 42 was set to expire, which is a pandemic order. And what that allowed was very quick and timely removal of uh, the border patrol is able to basically send people back, right. send migrants back. And they were still, as you know, by 6 million coming across, there's still a lot we're getting in, but they could turn them back real easily. Once that um, expired, then they have to use what's known as title eight. It's a longer process, but they can't just say, Hey, you got to go back right away. Got it. And, okay. And the migrants knew that. And so they, they knew were, it. They right. And we'll get into that as you'll see here in the next 20 minutes, the, the transfer of information from people, this is not 1982 when, when Reagan's dealing with it with a border issue. Now the transfer of information is so fast and so complete that everybody knows the score. Everybody. Right. Even people that just got into the country and you'll see some video, they're all on their phones. And, and I think it's important. Like there's, And that's why the media is expecting a surge and this and that. And there is, obviously. But Title 40, this has been going on for a long time. And mm -hmm. Title 42 elaps, expiring will make it a lot worse. But that's not what's creating this crisis. And we'll see that too. Yeah. Well, Excellent. and real quick, you know, I found out that um, for those of you who've been following this for a long time, right. I mean, we've talked about this was under Reagan. This, it's happened a long, long time, but Obama's DHS secretary, Jay Johnson, he said that we're at a crisis level when there's 1000 of these migrants encounters on the border each day. And now we're at 10,000 to 12,000 a day. So it's, it's 10 a, times it's the amount number. that, oh, yeah. If people understood the number and what's, and what's interesting, he's been asked again. Jay Johnson was asked again about that comment. And remember, Secretary Mayorkas was his deputy. Yeah. Right. And so he was like, oh, yeah, but All things have changed now. Yeah. Uh, so he, didn't, he didn't want to criticize this uh, old guy. Yeah. So the that Deion, was pretty interesting. He works but, the Deion Sanders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, the backtrack. Um, what, what is interesting, too, is, you know, look, Darren, you've been an elected official. You've been at the highest levels of government. Jay, you've been involved in the biggest campaigns in the country. And I think we've all seen our government do things we're, we're, that are cynical. But I don't know if you've ever seen anything this cynical. Yeah, this one is, uh, it's pretty stunning. Um, in the whole asylum issue yeah. is in how this is being used um, and getting tied in that it's just a regular immigration problem. Yeah. And it's it's this abuse of the asylum system that has just opened the border. And Biden's decisions that he made right when he took office, that was why there's been 6 million. But yeah. much easier when you have a willing partner 
like the mainstream media. Yeah, that's right, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we're, we're, we'll, we'll kind of notice here. So if we could start out, what you're, what you're going to see, for those of you that are listening, I'll just set the stage for you. It's Darren wow. standing. Exactly. Hold on one second. I'll, hold on one second. Uh, so <laughs> Ella's like, right. oh, she jumps the gun. She's like, no, no. <laughs> She's, on the ready. She's on the ready. <laughs> so what we're going to do here is what you're going to hear, the audio on this is a little hard at the beginning, but it, but it does get better. We are at gate 42, where we were told most of the action was going to be. Uh, the media is all sitting there. Uh, we're on top of a big pile of dirt looking at, at the Literally. wall, and you can't really see much of anything. And, and so Darren and I are having a little discussion there. Jay is shooting it, and this is how things start out. Where are we exactly, and why did we come here? Well, we're just east of Yarborough Street, and it's Gate 42. And what we've been told again is this is the, the location expected to which is when Title 42 expires. Like this is going to be kind of the, the main point, uh, conflict point where they expect a lot of people to strike across. We went into the area where there had been a lot of people near the mission in, in the middle of downtown El Paso. Didn't see anything. We got word that they were effectively going around and, you know, basically giving people their, their two-month notice, right? And they come back in two months trying to clear everybody out. This is a PR effort. There's, there's no doubt you feel it on the ground. Yeah, no, I had a law enforcement officer tell me down by Sacred Heart Church that Border Patrol had gone in and basically issued paperwork for the people that were kind of mass uh, congregating around Sacred Heart Church, giving them their paperwork so that they could leave because they wanted to try to clear out uh, as much of El Paso as possible. And we see, and you look at this wall, and there's been much ado about the wall, but when you look at this wall, it is a significant barrier. And the gate here, in gate 42, there is some concern law enforcement exactly how that's going to happen. Well, you hear all day, this is the choke point, right? This is where they expect people to make the cross. But then you see this wall, and you say, and you see this law enforcement presence, and you kind of will say, how is that going to happen? So here's what we're going to do. Because we have about an hour and a half until we, you know, obviously Title 42 comes off the books, probably have a little bit of time. So as you can see here, things are relatively quiet, huge media presence. But what we're going to do is we're going to go over to the pedestrian bridge in El Paso, go to the other side of the bridge, see what's going on there, get a feel for if there are people there, if there are people lined up, and are they headed toward the United States. So we'll do that right now. We'll catch up with you as we head back into Mexico. So, Darren, you were talking to the Border Patrol guy. What do they think is going to go down now? I think what the plan is and what they're hoping is that they've basically they've fortified the other possible points of entry uh, towards the city. And they're hoping that they can direct them to Gate 42, where we just were. Uh, they believe that at 10 o'clock tonight, when 42 expires, that um, they will attempt to cross. And if they're successful, they will then have buses here where they will probably take them, process them, and then release them. And, uh, and then what? They potentially are supposed to come back in 60 days on their sort of own recognizance. Right. I think that's the plan at this point. Um, You know, they they don't really, they don't know. uh, They can only anticipate how many people. We've heard that there's many as 20,000 people uh, or more that are currently uh, on the opposite side of this border in El Paso waiting to cross. So it's fair to say if there's a thousand sitting there now, how many people are within those residential areas waiting to cross? It, it could be thousands, and you can tell they just they just don't know. But their border patrol and law enforcement clearly, from what we could see, uh, 
they're prepared. There's no question. Well, there's about a it. massive presence. Here. Massive you presence. see it for this 10 mile stretch between the core of El Paso and Gate 42. There's Texas DPS here. There's Border Patrol. There's about every law enforcement agency that you could find. And we could see as well when we were coming up to Gate 42, we, we passed uh, what looked like law enforcement with a group of migrants just sitting on the ground. So uh, it, it's clear that law enforcement is on a high state of alert right now. They, and they don't think they really know what to expect, but they have a, a significant presence. And I would say from the law enforcement perspective, they're prepared for whatever happens to them. Jay, from the political side of this too, law enforcement is in a tough spot. We talk about how many of them are here, but the question is how easily are they able to enforce the job that they have at hand and what is that job? Well, I think it's interesting because these law enforcement officers, they're all dedicated. They all want to do their jobs, but you have two orders from two different administrations. You have Texas DPS that is here and they're clearly in the Texas National Guard and they have orders from Governor Abbott trying to enforce the law as best they can. The state law, and you see them setting up concertina wire, they're doing everything they can to stop illegal crossings. On the other hand, you have Border Patrol um, agents from U.S. Uh, CBP, and they have orders from the Biden administration simply to process and let, let these um, migrants in and quote-unquote parole them, which is simply to release them to, they have buses there to pick them up, to process them, and then release them into the United States where they'll await you know, an asylum hearing, which could be five or 10 years down the line. And so I think you see a lot of frustration with the Border Patrol agents that they're not able to do their job. And as they're, it's, it's back to keep in mind, as they are processing these migrants, what else is crossing the border? As all these agents are um, occupied dealing with tens of thousands of uh, migrants. Well, the other thing, I think the criticism that we've had from the very beginning, whether it was you know, on a local level or on a national level is the chaos that this has introduced. And you see it now because the chaos is drawing people here. And now this is where we're at. No question. So we're walking over the Stanton Bridge and we understand there's a group of migrants just on the other side. We're going to go try to get a look and see how they're doing. I think one of the most heartbreaking things is you just see how these tents line up and the people that are here. And so as you look at night here, you can see kids, and it's tough to see on the video here, but kids are playing right out in front of their tents and they're just waiting. Title 42 is going to end in about a half an hour. And when it does. I just want to pause really quick on that video that was um, it was showing, you know, a lot of uh, it was a nighttime shot. There was some tents with um, a lot of folks on the Mexican side right. camped out waiting for this situation. I posted some of that video when you guys were actually there because I wanted us to be relevant in the moment, you know, and keep putting information out there. And some of the comments were, hey, I only see a couple hundred people there. This doesn't look like chaos. It doesn't look like a big deal. You guys were there. Tell me a little bit more about that well, so people uh, I mean, understand. You're looking at one section. I mean, yeah. and they're all, I mean, this is up and down the border. Right. And it's, you're just looking at little pieces. It's, it's, uh, um, that's just the Stanton Street Bridge, right? That you're looking <laughs> it's at. You are yeah. a, a small confined area. They were using the overpass for shelter, but it was packed all the way from the beginning of where the bridge was to the up to the top of the street where we got our cab. And so, 
No, you, and, that's, that might be deceiving, but it was packed. And there's a network there, and it's interesting. So we start shooting the video, and the minute we do, we get the attention of people that are within this group that may not have been there with the best intentions either. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I've spent some a lot of time in Mexico, and and Mark's kind of taking his time setting up the video, and I like <laughs> point to Darren and like, "I'm Mark. Let's go." He's like, <laughs> like, See ya. Yeah. It's interesting because who knows who they are, but there's clearly someone in charge of these groups, and they don't like. And it's cartels. Yeah, they don't yeah. these are the cartels. Yeah. They don't that, like people talking. Yes. And yeah. seeing yeah. what's going on and yep. interviewing. They'll come right over. And sometimes it, it won't even be don't talk to them. It'll be, hey, what's going on? And, and then they'll start having a conversation with you about something right. else, trying to kind of just push your attention by away. The time, by the time they're done talking to you, you're way away from who you were trying to talk to. And yeah. that area where, all, where those tents, where that tent city was, that was a sanctioned camp. And so you weren't there unless you had – the um the okay from those who are in charge and in Mexico and in Juarez that's the cartel yeah. and so Jay was right it was like um, we're drawing a little bit of attention to ourselves uh-huh. yeah. it's time to move right because yeah. let me did. just be honest there wasn't a whole lot of U.S. media over where you oh, guys were no there was yeah. no yeah. there was no it was the chuckleheads yeah, yeah it was, it just was the chucklehead crew okay <laughs> okay right. okay so this picks up with uh once we're once we go by this camp and get a little bit of video we need to go in, in into ours and figure out what's going on and, and go along the border here but to do that we need a ride yeah uh, and i have time in mexico the people in this kind of like new york darren's a new yorker the people who know the most are the taxi drivers yep. and mm-hmm. so we went and held a taxi and he was very helpful yep so here we go they're gonna have the opportunity to come through or maybe they continue to sit here we just don't know so jay is heading over to the cab here to see if he can get us a ride out into some of where the migrants are gathering okay we're here in juarez right now this is one of the spots where everybody knows to gather the river's right on the other side here yeah. This is where they go. This is one of those choke points that we talk about. Yeah, and they they know exactly where they're going. Yeah. Uh, as we've been told by uh, the help of our taxi driver, who right. said to us, yeah. "Look," he said, "They know the numbers. They know where to go, and they've been heading there. They're congregating there, and so uh, got a fifty-five minutes to go, yeah. and uh, we'll see what happens." So. Here we are on the Mexican side yeah. of the border here, and there are people that are trying to cross right here. They're just right behind us right here. The razor wire you see is the U.S. That's the uh, that's Texas, effectively, and, and they've put up this razor wire to try to stop people from crossing. Right. Looks like and we're about uh, 30 minutes away yeah. Yeah. from Title 42 expiring. You have some migrants obviously just waiting. It looks like maybe... Uh, on the American side already, it made it looks like there's actually a group of migrants yeah, like that are processing already, right, people exactly. Here. Yeah, so I think that's true. It looks like people have already been be- beginning to cross. Yeah, and so this is just a it looks like a small group right here uh, on the opposite side. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, this is this is all just outside. Here's one thing that's kind of interesting on this whole process here, which is staggering. When you go over to the U.S., this is a PR effort. There's no doubt. If you go on the streets of El Paso, people have been cleared out. They've been turned back into the interior of the country. That's right. You come here, it's not a PR effort. No. So you see people lined up. You see what's going on here. So what you've seen with the Biden administration, Darren, is I think what they've done is they've said PR first, clear everything out so it looks better. 
right. but you see from this angle exactly what's happening. Yeah. And the thing we also have to remember, these folks are coming over. You know, let's not, it's hard to criticize these folks yeah, because right. they are, what Absolutely. they're doing is they're trying to provide for their families. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to have to get jobs. They're trying to better their life. And so, but we also, as a country, have to recognize our sovereign border. That's right. And so obviously we see these, uh, you know, the border patrol on the, on the opposite side of the razor wire, yeah. ready to take these folks into custody and process them. But it, from what we know, they're just going to be released with these, uh, with a promise to appear. You're right. And, and this is what we said from. And I think what's important is that whole highway. One of the things that taxi driver said is that week was just packed with people. He said, yeah. I, they, they, they cross. And what was happening is they're crossing throughout that whole, basically a 10 mile stretch and yep. they're into the United States, but still on the other side of the wall, border patrol was then gathering them and taking them to gate 42. So all that crossing, everything that's happening, no one sees that. Right. What they see is when the gate opens and a bus goes through once they fill with, one with dark windows, <laughs> dark windows and they close <laughs> yeah. it again. But all yeah. the chaos, all the people crossing is all out of sight. It's controlled. Yeah. And that's just because that unique situation where the, where the border wall is. It yep. was in essence a camp. Yeah. They, they, they turned it into a processing camp. Yep. No, it, it absolutely it did. And, and I think that was, and then you see, it's amazing. And you'll see it here in the video where we talk about it, but you're really talking about 500 yards it, right. it, and it makes a world of difference because if you were sitting on the U S side at, at gate 42, the whole night you would have said, Oh, it never happened. And this goes it to never this, went down. And this goes to the Washington post headline. And it's what they want. Oh, there's yeah. no chaos. There's yeah. no chaos. And that goes to basically what the Biden administration wants people to do. And what they're saying is use their CBP one app. You know, they want to get the fast pass, get an appointment. As long as you ma don't make this look bad, we're going to let you in. If you cross illegally or you do anything like that or like cross without using the app, well, then you're going to, then you could get expelled under title eight. But as long as you do the app, as long as you go to the port of entry, as right. long as you do that, you'll be released into the United States. And that image they never have the bad image, and then they can get those Washington Post right. headlines. And, and talk a little bit about exactly like this processing, right? This processing. I mean, I, I appreciate I appreciate the fact that we we are a country that allows folks to come in, immigrants to come in, right? This is not this is not a, about being harsh to folks, especially with these families. But we also know that we have a lot of folks that are coming in here. Human trafficking is an all all time high. You know, we've yeah. got drugs well, coming we, in. And keep in mind this. The, if, if you want to immigrate to the United States, there's a process. You have to right. s sign up, get in yeah. line. These are people jumping the process by claiming asylum, which legally is you're persecuted by the government. You're in Afghanistan. Right. You help the Americans. The Taliban want to kill you. That's a, you know, you're, you're, you're persecuted by the government for your religious beliefs. And you fear for your life because of that. That's what asylum is. And that's why when they have the actual hearings, 90% of these will be rejected. Turned so people are jumping the line and using the asylum claim to get to once get they in. get to U.S. soil, and so what's happening in the process is they they turn themselves into border patrol, um, they get processed in a day, and they're released into the country. But one thing I think was really interesting is right after this video was shot, where we are right now, we go over to the other side of the bridge and we talk to the to the guys that we, we you know we're checking our passports, and in the guy you talked to had a, you had a very interesting conversation. We didn't record it. But it was a very interesting conversation from him and his frustration about where we are as a country in this policy. Well, it's it's always striking to me how Border Patrol, by and large, and you hear them when they're on, on the news, they're very frustrated with this administration. And they don't hide it, and it's striking how aggressive that. But he was saying how, um, and this is the CBP agent 
as we're crossing back over and he's saying, we're told him what we were doing. He goes, you guys need to be here when we're running fingerprints and people can see exactly who's coming across and et cetera, et cetera. And he's going through, you know, the, a lot of the, you know, the criminal element that's trying to get through, et cetera. Is the, in the numbers are, yeah, he, oh, was, he was literally, he was going, he goes bad, bad, bad. Okay. Bad, bad, yeah. bad. Just like, literally he was, the language is a little more colorful, but right. um, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, very revealing. Uh, and you could sense the frustration. And I think, and I think the big difference, if you want to understand the process, how this is, right. how they're letting it in is there used to be a time where you had migrants running from border patrol. <laughs> that doesn't have, they're running to border patrol because right. they just want to get processed and released. And, and that's, you know, what's happening. And yeah. this processing, they're supposed to be making some sort of contract that they're going to show up later for, for uh, a hearing. Right. And, and by the way, we should say that like there, there is some, there, there's a real gray area here on, on how long you report back and how that yeah, all I mean, works. It, at some point, what happens is they, they're given a court date or an asylum hearing. Well, now you have at least 6 million or whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. And that system's backlogged. So you're talking years. So they're in the United States. They're what is called paroled into the United States. Once they're paroled into the United States, they're able to apply for work permits. So in a year or two, three, four, whatever that is, they, there's an asylum hearing. And, an asylum judge, and, and they come and, back to that. And it's real important to what Secretary Mayorkas was saying this weekend. We're changing it now. And you have to understand that you are presumed not to qualify for asylum. But at the, what he's not saying is they don't care. For them, that piece of paper is the ticket that they've been waiting for, which gets them into the United States. And that's the end game. Yeah, and they've, they've been here long. I mean, and here's the thing, and this is where your heart goes out to a lot of these migrants who, who, yeah, I'm a father, and if you if you're trying to take care of your kids, you're going to try to do it, and so they come, and what what happens is they're the ones who are going to lose the asylum because it's not legally an asylum claim, right? And, and because we haven't, this issue has not been been laid out, you know, through Congress in a way that is it is you know offering any sort of clarity going forward here they're likely going to be living a life in the shadows for a long, long time. Which makes them vulnerable. Exactly. And And that's why the trafficking issue ties so tightly into this. And what what happened in the past is when President Trump created the Remain in Mexico policy, what that did, or you had to first apply for asylum in the first safe nation Mm -hmm. you come to, what that did is if if you'd, you'd get to Mexico, you apply for asylum, and then as you're waiting the years for that, court hearing, you have to stay in Mexico. Well, guess what? If people came to get in the United States, they were going back. That's why it stopped it. When Biden took office, he did away with the remain yep. in Mexico. And that's why you've seen 6 million come Spike. across. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we are, uh, we're going to pick this up now. We're basically going to now go from, from Mexico back into the U S and, and see what's happening at gate 42 again. The beginning, which is that drawing people to an uncertain future and a dangerous border is not compassionate. It's cruel. Yeah. And, and that's what this is. This is not a pretty sight no. by any stretch. Look at the, you can listen. I mean, this yeah. water is it stinks. Future. Yeah. It, I, it's gross. It, you can't describe yeah. how nasty this water smells yeah. right now. Yeah. Knowing that these people had to cross through this to get to the other side. Yeah. I mean, but, but, uh, but make no mistake. If you're on the U.S. side of things, it doesn't look like this. No. And it doesn't look like this for a reason. This is really an effort by the Biden administration to make this look good. Yeah. and put lipstick on something that's a chaotic policy that puts people in danger. And probably over the next few days, this this area right here is going to see more and more people coming across yeah. because the word is out that all you have to do is cross, you will be processed and released. So 
we're back here at gate 42 at the Yarborough entrance here. This was the area earlier in the day that we found out from police that this is sort of where they thought either border patrol agents or police officers or DPS thought this could be a choke point for people coming through. Well, it turns out that we went over to the other side on the Juarez side. So we went and got another look at what's really happening here. And basically this area, and you can look behind me, what you see here basically is a hill that leads up to the wall. And then actually there's another hill that goes down and then you cross a channel that's a ways down the hill here. So there's really nothing here. In fact, this is an area set up for the media that effectively is a PR front because they're not going to see anything other than a bus coming through here with people. And you may not even be able to look inside the bus. Now, if you go to the other side, like we did earlier in the evening, what you see is people trying to cross all across the border. And so more and more, as you go over to Mexico and then come back into the United States, what becomes very obvious is this is a PR operation designed to keep people off the streets of El Paso, but yet there are still thousands of people on the Mexico side looking to come in now. The Title 42 has expired. Okay, it is. Hold on one sec. Thanks, Alice. Uh, so one thing, during that time, as we were shooting that particular segment, there was a guy walking around talking to reporters that worked for uh, the, Biden the Biden administration, <laughs> just kind of going up to people. And he'd casually walk up and be like, hey, Christy, how you doing? Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. We're starting to see things really back down. The numbers are coming down. And, you know, this is really a tough policy. This really is. I mean, we've really gone out. So they literally put people in there and try to work the work the refs, right? Yeah, I mean, and they're, he's doing his job as the, as the PR flack, but it's it's not a tough policy. It's a tough policy if you don't do it their way, like do it the way the administration wants, which it doesn't create a scene. Right. You don't have these mass um, people crossing the border. As long as you get the fast pass, you know, it's fine. Well, and as yeah. somebody that I used to be a reporter, now I'm in PR, right? So I kind of see both sides of yeah. this situation a little uh -huh. bit on on all of it. But I guess what I'm curious about is, you know, when you go down there as a reporter on the U.S. side, why are they standing there when there's nothing happening? Like, why are you guys the ones that say, hey, let's just cross it well, and find the other story? Oh, here's that, the thing, though. If you, work for, if you work for a media company and you and say, go, hey, go. I'm going into wars to check this out, <laughs> they'd be like, no. no. Well, and I you also know? think the understanding of what that – that wall is not the border. Right. right. Really they do, no, they don't understand they don't that. Because yeah, the first time when I was with Congressman Gonzalez, we drove through there with the Border Patrol. I'm like, well, where are we going? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. the there's a road on the other side right. that the Border Patrol uses yeah. the patrol. But you don't know it. You don't see any of it. It's it's not unlike covering um, a fire in New Mexico, too, where you think you're it, you know, on the edge of the fire, and you're not. Right. You're not even close. Way, way and back. so there's so many of these things that happen where they're so controlled that that's one thing, the one advantage that we had. The part that no doubt about a podcast <laughs> we that we don't have anybody to, cover, right? that we don't have anybody to answer to other than the we, we, three we of us. Please don't get hurt, guys. And we didn't want to get you. Let me say, you know, back from I was a reporter at KRQE yeah. as well. Yeah. And you can see that they're so young. They're right yeah, out of college. Yeah, right. And he's not stupid. This official from Homeland Security. He's walking around and they're like, oh, my gosh, I get to speak to an official from yeah. Homeland Security. Yeah. And so they're going to take those notes yeah. down and say, get on TV and say, just spoke with an official from yeah. Homeland Security. Right. And he told me everything is a -okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had it. And so that's, they know what they're doing. They understand yeah. who they're dealing with. And so it works. And, and yeah. when the ref wants you to win to begin with. It's that's right. Really yeah. Well, no, that's what I said from the very beginning. This is the unholy alliance of incompetence and bias yeah. meeting each other. Right. And that's exactly what we have. So, so that's, this takes us to the next morning. So, yeah. um, 
and so we get up the next morning and, and try to figure out, okay, you know, where do we go from here? What do we want to do? So we, we went back over to the church to figure out what was going on. About 9.50 in the morning here, got up and we, we did had some interviews to do. And then now we're here at the Sacred Heart Mission. This was sort of ground zero for a long time. People, you know, at various times over the past few months lined up around the building. Today it's noticeable because, yes, there are people there. There are groups of men standing around here, but not as many as have been here before. And there's a reason for that. Almost outnumbered by the media. Right. But that wasn't the case only a few days ago when right. there were hundreds of migrants here. We were told by a law enforcement officer last night that Border Patrol came in and basically gave them some type of paperwork to right. that released them with a promise to appear somewhere within 60 days. Right. And that was done to try to uh, flush out everybody who was in El Paso at the time in case there was a surge. Right. And, and what you see now is just you have a bunch of police here. You have people just kind of gathered around the building here. But, but what you have to understand if you're not on the ground here and you're not looking at it is this is the type of location where once they're given, quote, papers or whatever, whatever it, is, it is, right, and calling it processing is probably overstated at this point. Right. But then you got a bus station right behind us here. So in many cases, people are getting loaded onto buses here and, and they're heading right back out again as well. This is a pretty advantageous spot to be at if you're certainly sure. trying to get into the country very, very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Sacred Heart Church uh, for several weeks now has been the kind of the gathering point for the migrants who made it across the border and were just waiting. And so what we're curious about is what happens next, right? And so what we're going to do is continue to chase that. And so we'll pick the story up there in just a couple minutes. All right, well, we're crossing back over into Mexico from the United States where we, where we crossed last night. Um, we're in we're in Juarez right now, and as you can see, down that used to be a migrant camp where migrants were sheltered, waiting to cross over to the United States. They cleared it out. The reason it's empty is because once Title Forty Two expired, the Biden administration simply let them in, um, and allowed those migrants into the United States, and uh, released them uh, somewhere in the United States. Okay, here we go. We got our ride. It's the Mexican army. What do you make of that? Well, it shows uh, you have all different areas law enforcement, military on this side. They said there was, there was a lot of people congregating in the last week or so, but as we're seeing, the United States is just letting them in and clearing them out, and that's what's happening. And they knew that, which is why they were coming. Yep. So he's taking us to one of the houses. Apparently, uh, the shelter. Jay is able to. Let's hope he has our best interest yeah, at heart here. Let's hope so. Uh, but yeah, apparently he's going to take us to a shelter. Uh, it almost sounds like kind of like a staging kind of area where they're. He's got to remember, a lot of these people have been on a journey for a very, very long time yeah. to get to this point. So um, interesting to see what we find. All right, well, we're at the shelter. It looks like they've really cleared this place out once Title 42. Uh, expired they emptied out this place 
but looks like there's there's one woman here. It looks like she's uh, with her daughter, and we'll go up to her and see if she'll she'll talk to us and if she's willing to share with us her journey. So she came here from Nicaragua. Her she has family members in, in the United States. A cousin that had lived there for 20 years basically told him, "Hey, borders open." You can come, and that's what they've been. It's taken them four months to make this, um, on this trip in order to get here, trying to get enough money together, um, trying to, you know, they're trying to use the CBP One app in order to set, make appointments in order to come across the United States. But it's words getting out. It's just interesting to hear whether it's social media, relatives. The word is out. Everybody gets it. Um, that the border is open, and that's why they're coming, and that's why this has been cleared out. This used to be real. Well, what's right. interesting with yeah. with her was she was spent a lot of time in Mexico City. They ran out of money, and and that's why she was there. It was five months. They had to figure get more money, figure out a way to get up with her and her daughter. Her sister had crossed five months ago, and it's and, and you and you listen to we talked to the tax or anyone right. over there. The only people who believe that the border isn't open is the media. And right. Biden administration doesn't right. even believe that they, they right. know. And the sisters like come and the cousin was has been there for 20 years. He's a, he's a, he's a, um, a citizen, but the sister house, but they ran out of money and I didn't want to ask her who they were paying or any of that. Right. right. Any of that. But that's what's happened with a lot of these migrants is the price goes up. And that's where we've seen these houses here in Albuquerque where they cross and they still owe money and they end up. And that's what happened. It's taken that her and her little, her girl, it's, Five months. Well, they were alone too. Well, I mean, that's yeah. they, they talk about vulnerable. It, this is what we're talking about when, when you talk about a mom and her child, and there was nobody with them, and they're going to pay off that debt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it's hard, and it's heartbreaking because you see that, right. and of course, you know, you want to. She wants a better life, and that's right. what she said. It's poor yeah. poverty that she wants a better yeah. life, and you understand that. But right. that's a regular immigration. It's not an asylum claim, and that's ultimately what's sad. And the reason she's there is because the administration is letting him in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's why she took that journey. That's yeah. why they, That's why that this has happened. Let me ask real quick, you guys, because uh, another comment we got when I posted some of the, the, the video earlier this week is people were wondering, you know, obviously El Paso is just a hop, skip, and a jump from Las Cruces, which, you know, comes right into to New Mexico. But, well... A lot of people know. A lot of people know that we're a border state, but we are known as the forgotten border state. You know, because a lot of people forget that New Mexico is an actual border state. Why did you guys go to El Paso and not another part of our border? You know, the border area that is right here in New Mexico. This is just more people. In, yeah, it's in, centralized. Services are centralized and, and things like so. Our our border, like Columbus and, and areas, a lot of it. There's a lot of action there. But if you're looking to cover the story, you're you're, you're going where people are concentrated. Although. We've run into and we've been on a lot of ranches where this is a massive issue, well, but it's just different. With, with Texas, like the Texas National Guard and DPS are more aggressive than I've seen it in, in yeah. Eagle mm-hmm. Pass and ever other places where I've been in the sense that they're putting up the concertina wire and they're trying to repel. And so that we were hearing that that was putting, encouraging some migrants to go to New Mexico. But we were checking in with we were checking in yep. as well yep. with some folks Sunland who were Park, in that area, Sunland yeah. Park and area, and they were telling us there wasn't much activity. Yeah, it was just it was a little bit different. It, now I have heard since then that 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 west of Columbus things have have, have ramped up significantly. Yeah, uh, I, you can see that because it's just 
as word gets out, yeah. you know, they, yeah. the network word does get out. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what uh, our leadership does here in the state to right. help this issue. Which will be nothing. Which right. will be but, nothing. I mean, there's a lot of tweets coming out of that right. office. So, oh, you know, I'm sure I mean, that'll be helpful. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll keep this going. And uh, so uh, Jay and I are kind of looking back into this area uh, where, where now you have a, a large courtyard where, where at one point was packed and, and now there, there's really no one left other than some clothes hanging on a fence. Um, you know, we're told there were thousands of immigrants here. Well, you look here and you can just see it. There is there is nobody left here. I mean, very few people. We ran into the one woman who was standing out front that this yard at times has been packed. And now, as you can see. And you think this is just part of the the site is they don't, the Biden administration does not want crowds. And so what they're doing is just letting everybody in. And so you look here, it doesn't look like chaos. Well, it's because you've just opened, you just, you're just letting everyone in. Yeah. And so there's no one, no one's waiting. They knew about Title 42. She knew about Title 42. It was very clear what, um, you know, everyone understands. And, and we talk about cartels, whether they're lying to them. And I think they're lying to them about, you know, whether they're, they, you can't get deported. Because the asylum request ultimately is not going to be granted, but it's five or ten years. But they're telling them the truth that you just need to get to the border and you'll get let in. That is actually the truth, and you see it. We're in Morris right now. Uh, we just came from from the house that we were at, and then you can see here this is one of the choke points where they drop people off, and you can just see all the trash here as people are unloaded back. And then right over here, you can see the U.S. is right over on this side. So we're just going to walk over here and see what's going on and get a feel for what's happening here. So what you see here is migrants come right down this dirt road and they walk under this overpass. Now, this road leads right into the U.S. And you can see the mighty Rio Grande is right there. It is a small, small channel that is deeply polluted. And back behind it, you can see there are some migrants there, five or six of them with the Texas DPS and with the National Guard. Now, what you'll notice is if you look behind them, there's a berm and any media can't see what's really happening back here. They don't have a view into it. So effectively what happens is the people that cross right here are put into a white van. They're loaded in and they're taken out. And then they're told, and we're told in the U.S., there's no crisis because you can't see it. You have to come to this side of the border to truly get an unvarnished look at it. So if you really want to know what's happening here, what we've effectively seen here is the Biden administration, under a significant PR effort, has cleared out all the shelters on the U.S. side, is taking people here, getting them right along the border where no one can see it, getting them into a van, processing them, and releasing them to the interior of the country, and then saying, no crisis. That's it. Now, real quick, that the clothing that's hanging from the razor wire, that's not, they're not drying their clothes. Right. It's much like what prisoners will do that when they're trying to escape. They'll climb up the fence and they'll throw some type of clothing over the razor wire so it makes it easier to scale without getting ripped up. Yeah. So the difference, so in the courtyard, they were drying their clothes. They weren't drying them on the razor wire. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, Tough situation. The National Guard, they're doing everything they can in Texas. Yeah. DPS is doing everything they can. Yep. But they're not going to put hands on somebody. And if they get across that, they're trying to discourage them, but they get across that border, it's Border Patrol then has been ordered to process them. And that's yep. what happens. Well, and I think, you know, the, the, the part that I'm seeing on the other side, you know, I read a lot of the comments that we're getting and things of that nature. Um, one thing that's interesting to me is a lot of people are asking now, 
what Mark's solution is with this border issue. I kind of feel like you're a little late to the game on that one because we were really clear. You guys came up yeah. with a really solid plan for this issue. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a secret. We put no, it everywhere. No, we had a border strike force. We're bringing the National Guard down to the border. Yep. And, and you'd much more mirror what's happening uh, with the Texas DPS than what you see from from our group, and, and and but we don't have any and of that. I think it's it's one of one objective of the Biden administration is to fog this issue, right? And yes. to make it like yeah. this is the immigration and immigration is a tough issue. So this what's happening now is a direct result of him doing away with the Remain in Mexico policy from for him allowing um, migrants into the United States and then paroling them into the United States. That's why we have six million. That's why the cartels are enriched in order to get into this human trafficking. That's why you can't find 82,000 children that, that they've right. lost contact with. It's because of that decision. And so whether you saw the local news here, I think on channel four mm-hmm. was just, Oh, it's 20 years. We don't have that. And that's why we have this problem. They never say the gravity, never no. say the number that he's let in 6 million. It's, it has a very clear starting point. So you look at the broader issue of immigration. Yeah, it's a tough issue. But if you look at why this is happening, why you're having this big surge right now, it's, it has a very specific starting. Point. I was going through some of my books uh, and I found some of my old campaign material from 2008. And one of the top five issues that I had when I was running for Congress was we must pass comprehensive immigration, immigration reform. Right. And here we are 15 years later and it's it still an, hasn't they, been done because they don't have the political courage to do it. Right. right. And, and I don't think any of this is going to change it because no. they 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 like to be able to to argue this issue and raise money off of it. So. And, and make no mistake on what this means for for this state and what this means for vulnerable people. And, mm-hmm. and you could see it there, and that is that we have a fentanyl crisis that is out of control. We have a human trafficking crisis that is exploding. And if you knew the truth of the human trafficking crisis, it would scare you more than the fentanyl, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and that that continues to happen. So this is until we put this in the context that it deserves, which is the weakness on the border puts us in this country in a terrible position, and it absolutely creates a pipeline for people to be taken advantage of. And and as long as this administration continues to be as weak as they are, this is what we're going to have. But on the other side, I think it's important, and and Jay mentioned it, which is I I watched some of the coverage that I saw come out of our major uh, affiliates here in Albuquerque, and it was embarrassing. And I will tell you, I think it's important to start getting independent groups like this show out there to cover stories and and to hold people's feet to the fire and actually do some real reporting versus, again, I said it in something you didn't see here, but instead of eating the kibble they're fed. Fit, because that's what's happening with our media right now. They are literally carrying. Yeah, I mean, if, if people realized that six million, you know, six million people have crossed under under Biden, that and and compare that number to what it used to be, and that they're just released in the United States, and that the borders open, and all these people are coming, and then all the other stuff that's coming in, like they don't understand that context. It's like, oh, it's a right. border issue. The other thing I would say is the political ground has shifted dramatically. I believe with the left. And it used to, I mean, we're talking about Jay Johnson. When he was talking about that, it's because Obama had to do something about the border and was yep. aggressive about, I need to secure the border. They don't want to secure the border anymore. Yep. Right. They do. Yeah. And that's a dramatic shift. When R.J. Berry did away with the sanctuary city policy in Albuquerque and the left went crazy, all he did was, and you know this, you were there, adopted the Obama safer, is it safer communities? Safer communities. Safer communities, which was against the sanctuary city policy. That 
the left is not in that position at all anymore. Well, look and, at their debate. But their debate is where this all really started. Because when Biden stood up on that debate stage and basically said, no, we're, we are opening these doors wide open, that was the first kind of clarion call to Central America that, hey, look, when this guy gets in, the whole game's going to change. But it's also a part of the plan. And that's the thing we have to remember. We say, well, millions of people are coming into the country. And Jay and I were talking about this yesterday on the way home, because it ultimately we're going to get to that point where the Democrats are going to stand up and say, you know, we just need to give them amnesty because mm -hmm. they're here and they, you know, they, they have children now. And so it is part of a plan. And for them to suggest otherwise, it, it it's ridiculous. I think it's interesting to see that people really, some, a lot of people kind of, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but they kind of bury their head in the sand. They don't want to think about this issue. No. They don't understand, and especially if they don't live in a border state. Um, you know, it, they don't feel the impact directly as fast as some of us that live in a border state, but you even have people in New Mexico that don't want to talk about this issue. It's like, they'd rather just not hear about it and they don't want to deal with it until it will directly impact them with crime and it, this, the, the drug issue, things of like that. If they would just, this is what's frustrating to me. And this is one of the biggest reasons Mark and I started this podcast is to shed light on where did, where did this all start from? Like, what's the culprit behind our high crime and what is driving our, our fentanyl increase and our human trafficking and why should you care? And if you have a shred of compassion, yeah, look at what we've showed you, right. just the chuckleheads, right. what we showed you, yep. you would recognize that we should do everything to discourage this from happening. Mm -hmm. right. As we talked exactly about, right. the, what is happening to, this, to these folks on this journey is heartbreaking. And we should do everything as a nation to say our border isn't open. Do not take that risk. Do not risk your health, the safety of your children. Yeah. It's not worth it. And it's frustrating. The media does not, like you said, they take the kipple. They don't follow up. It's like when my orca says they, they need to process this in a lawful way. And if you don't, the, I think the public hears, oh, they're going to get in line like an immigration, the proper immigration process. All he's saying is, no, use the app yeah. Yeah. and come, yeah, to, yeah. The, and come <laughs> to the port and then you can joke. jump the line yeah. and find asylum and Which go. is not fair to those that have been waiting for. And, I mean, well, there is that too. But in, in part yep. of this issue too, I think in, in the grand scheme of, of where all of this is, and, and I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about where you see it going. Um, because I, I think what what I wonder now is how does this play out? And, and Jay, this is your world the, in the respect of we're headed into an election year. What do you think happens with this issue? I think it's a, I think it's going to be a huge issue. I think when the public starts focusing and understanding, like right now, there's a media filter, and there, there'll continue to be that. But as a campaign goes, the, it, the Republicans will get the message out, I believe, and. And start telling the truth about what's happening on the border, and it'll be, um, this is going to be a a huge issue because it has a lot more impact. It has impacts on crime. It has impact on services. The fact that New York and Chicago are now throwing their hands up, saying, "Well, we can't handle this anymore. And it's right. a crisis. We right. can't handle it. So we don't have enough resources." Well, what about all these other communities? And as soon as the as we talked about the communication, and as soon as word gets out, and I'm sure it is now, it's okay, guys. It's okay. So they're communicating with their friends right. in Nicaragua, right. Honduras, right. and all these other countries. And we're going to start to see, I believe, in the next few months, that migration of, of throngs of migrants coming, uh, trying to make that journey to, to get into the United States. I feel like you guys are just pitching me and lining it up right now, that the three of you 
are going to have to go back down there at some point. Like I already feel well, like no, so gonna, when I get home, by the way, when I get home, I got home yesterday and she actually <laughs> had the goal to be like, Oh yeah, you're back from Mexico. Like we were in Cabo, <laughs> like, you know, like living it up. Yeah, it was but, a wonderful beach. I yeah, will tell yeah, you. Yeah, 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 there was, was a stanky beach. It was a cheap shop by yeah. me, but I, I had to throw it out there. So no, it, thanks you guys. First yeah, of all, and, and kind of a little, a couple little things here. Um, it, and we would appreciate for all of you who listen to the show. We appreciate the early support. It has been tremendous. And we will continue to try to get out and do as much as we possibly can to get stories covered. But share this podcast with anybody you know and anybody you talk to. And, and suggestions, go to our website, you know, no doubt about it, podcast.com. If you have some ideas or things you'd like to, to have us pursue, and, and we will do that because I think that the future, and, and you can see a little bit of this with what happens with Tucker at Fox and in, in, in a bunch of different avenues. You see it with the Daily Wire, different groups that independently have gone out and said, we're going to cover things differently. And I think you can see some of that because of the frustration I think that we all have and, and what we've seen not only in this story, but during the campaign. Right. I mean, I, I think when the public is, does not like this, then they understand what's going on. And right, right now they don't understand it from the mainstream media. And so it's important for to get the message out and tell them the truth and, and show them here's what's happening. And then people can make up their own minds right. on what they, what they think should be done. That's kind of what I was said on my response back that I put on the post is, listen, our job now, since Mark did not win and he's not the governor and he can't put his policies in place, our job now is to we're going to shed as much light on this situation as we can on different areas. And then my goal and Mark's goal is to educate voters, educate citizens. So when you go in to vote, in 24, you're more educated, hopefully, than you were previously, right? Like, and, and we're also hopefully going to be funny along the way with other lighter mm -hmm. content, guys. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but anyway, so yes, please subscribe or follow us on any podcast that um, platform that you listen to, or if you're on YouTube and you're watching us, which. Thank you for watching us. Yeah, no, very good. And then uh, on Thursday, we will have Ray Birmingham. And at, a, at another point, we'll have Jay in to talk about politics. We did push it back. Uh, DJE, we set to go. We ready to wrap this thing up? Okay, well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it on the No Doubt About It podcast. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. You've been listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at No Doubt About It Podcast. No Doubt About It. The No Doubt About It Podcast is a Choose Adventure Media production. See you next time on No Doubt About It. There is no doubt about it.